Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. and kittens, welcome to another episode of To Boldly Watch, our Star Trek Next Generation podcast. We're here just exploring some other cultures, maybe getting excommunicated. You know, anything could happen. Meow. (laughs) It's me, Xander, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Becca and Jake. It's me, Becca. (laughs) It's me, Jake. (laughs) Acting Mm co-hosts. Acting (laughs) co-hosts. I'm so glad that the Klingons and the Federation do exchange programs. It's pretty mm. great. And this is a direct, they even say it in the beginning of the episode, this is like a direct response to when Riker went on the, was it the Pach? Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just know it's P-A noise. Yeah, good phlegm. Good phlegm. Good use of No, it's funny because I got the feeling very much, being a, a person who studied abroad, Riker was very much the person who like studied abroad one semester and then knows everything and has oh, to share with everyone that, that they guy. like I was aboard a Klingon sh- this is how Klingons do it I know I was there <laughs> oh boy so annoying uh, do you think they were sitting around the writer's room and just said I don't know oh remember when we did that exchange with Riker right. on the Klingon ship we could just <laughs> do the other one yeah yeah but okay. I did like that they that was the initial excuse and we were going along for the ride of just like okay here we'll see how this goes and then there was a twist oh so many twists mm-hmm. I, I yeah the, the depth of this one was great it didn't feel like just a response to that it felt like they were trying to do a whole cultural story and also like a character change for Worf, which we'll yeah. get into but i will i will say that uh memory alpha's got a little bit of info on this and that this story began life as two different scripts actually one hold on about, you haven't uh, even given the synopsis for the oh, people yeah. who've never seen star this? trek and will never watch it but just like to learn about it through this podcast fair point becca that's right. It's <laughs> Sins of the Father, where Worf is plunged headfirst into the politics of the Klingon Empire when his deceased father is accused of treason. That's treason. just dirty. You can't accuse dead people of stuff. I mean, just let them be oh. dead. Actually, oh. I take this Whoa. back. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Whoa. Take down the statues. Take down that the statues. A, <laughs> I was going to say, that hot take blanket. lasted 0. 0.7 seconds. I like yeah. to always have a super hot take, even if right. I immediately reverse it. <laughs> Just see how it feels. Oops, nope, nope, that's wrong. Try that on. Yeah. Felt bad. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah, we do need to litigate the past sometimes, especially if it's relevant to our present. And this one, I guess, kind of is for the Klingon Empire because they're worried about the Romulans, who they're always at hostilities for. But... The Klingons are more concerned about people's honor, which is right. really what well, this episode's all about. Turns out the Klingons are more concerned about the truth getting out. I feel yeah. a lot of analogies to Liz Cheney because the news today mm. uh, was she got ousted as number three in the house, and uh, I haven't made it political in a while, so sure, just gotta. So that's it. Is to just <laughs> reference the <it. laughs> No, it's like what is the point of honor and relitigating the past because it matters. Yeah. Well, she also is actually a, an example of someone who's kind of sacrificing themselves for their empire in some ways, right? Because mm. she doesn't want she wants to address the truth but actually i guess she doesn't because she's not burying the truth which is what Worf's right. doing right yeah right. it's quite the opposite 
she's, <laughs> she decided not to play along with the big lie, and so she's being ousted. But Worf decides to play along play with, along the, big with lie, the big lie, <laughs> and also gets ousted. Yeah, but he's doing it for the betterment of his empire, right? So he, it's a self-sacrifice choice that he makes for, I guess, what he considers uh, his people. And they're both potentially preventing civil war. Or at least attempting to. <laughs> Let's start at the beginning, though. Uh, this this begins well before we even know we're going to have an honor conflict because mm. it's the exchange program. As we mentioned, Riker's uh, been there before, and now it's the Klingons' turn to share somebody, and we get Commander Kern. Kern. It's very similar to my last name, my husband's oh, yeah. last name. Yeah, Kern. Yeah, Kern. yeah, Kern. Mm. Just the one. Yes, we will have two children named Kern and Horf. <laughs> <laughs> There's always just great harsh yeah. names. One syllable, easy to remember. Yep. Nobody can nickname you something you don't like. <laughs> oh, Worfy? Oh, that sounds like Worfy's a challenge. <laughs> Worfy. They can't shorten it in a way uh, you find unappealing. They can lengthen true. it. I think you could just add one letter and make people sound silly, though. Like, if it was Kern, I would just call him Klern. And <laughs> okay, but that's not a nickname. That's just you being obnoxious. Uh, yeah. Kern is played by Tony Todd. I don't know if you recognize Tony Todd. He's also known as the Candyman from the Candyman series. Oh. No? Anybody? Tony Todd? Yeah, the Candyman. <laughs> She's an amazing you are so actor. intrigued without knowing that it's like a classic horror Isn't film. Horror? From the yeah, 80s. yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Say his name in the mirror, I think, three times, and he'll. So appear it's in Bloody Mary. Oh, shit. A little bit, but Candyman. But this but guy, Candyman. but Tony. I've Tom. never seen oh, yeah. Candyman. Have, we said it? Have, well, oh, yeah. have said Candyman classic. at least three times now. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess we are looking in a digital a mirror. mirror. Right? I'm not. I minimized. Oh, right. Right. Well, oh, I'm yeah. on the blue screen, so he could appear behind me. Any moment. The magic of I don't. was entranced by Tony Todd. I really liked Kern, even though he comes mm. on board. First of all, this is two different episodes in one. Yeah, you think it's yeah. going to be mm -hmm. one kind of episode that's about the culture clash of having a Klingon who mm. assumes Riker's position, and Riker has to step down and just like follow everybody around, but like doesn't have a rank for the yeah. first half of the episode. But Tony Todd rocks playing yep. Kern. Yeah. He's just uh, so in charge, and he's so commanding. His presence is very felt on screen, and I, I like the casting. No yes. wonder he got Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> the, the writers did a good job of making him uh, an ally to the viewer and not just an enemy right away because he's yeah. harsh and he's Klingon, and he dismisses Riker in the first instant he meets him, and we're supposed to like be wary of him, but he also starts off with this speech where he's somewhat condescending, but he's also like, I know all the Starfleet regulations, and we're going to obey them to a T. Right. And it's like, oh, okay, this guy's going to do his job. It's almost and like, wow, we were so out of line and nobody pointed it <laughs> yeah. out. Things are lax here. Riker it's and Picard true. don't give an F. They're just way too <laughs> uh, in touch with their feelings. And this ship is all over the place. So, you and know, you, maybe there's something there. Tell that Picard has been on other sort of tightly run ships because he's like, well, let's see how they do. Uh, well, you know, it's pretty lax because we're having a good time, but. <laughs> yeah, he's cool happens. with it though. He, you know, yeah. honors the the exchange program and the purpose of it, which is cultural enlightenment. Right, yeah. not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I like your point too, Xander, about like Picard empowers him further too, because like when Kern's giving his speech, which feels a little braggadocious, because mm. really Starfleet, you like Starfleet officers don't need this speech, right? But it feels like a Klingon thing that he would do to assert his dominance on the bridge. Yeah. But he says all the things that he'll do under his command. But then he pauses and says, you know, as long as that's okay with you, Captain. And right. Picard says that's totally fine, or he says absolutely, or whatever he says. But he doesn't give like a knowing smirk to Riker or he right. doesn't like look to the camera. Well, he wouldn't look to the camera. He doesn't right. look off to like show that this is a little bit silly of a speech. He reinforces it. Taking he says, it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great that's choice. One of the things that we've found with Picard, I think that's reinforced throughout the episode and we've seen before in the past, whether he's de- dealing with data and issues with androidism uh, or with Worf and coming to his aid in Klingon in a Klingon way. Uh, Picard takes these problems seriously and believes his crew. And when they say they have a problem, he's not demeaning. Uh, And if this person is coming in as his first officer, he's taking what they're doing seriously because they're bringing what they can to the table and that's what's being asked of him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then uh, we, we start to notice the one person he isn't hard on is Worf. Which I think endears Kern even more to the audience because it's like, okay, he's up to something or like something's mm-hmm. going on here. Yeah, there's going to be a warp dynamic. I yeah. mean, I kind of assumed it's going to be a thing where he calls Worf not Klingon enough. Of course right. it will be because Worf's on this wishy-washy ship full of squishy humans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, not only that, like you're right, Becca. That's what they. That's what they also. The writers, I think, know the audience would assume because they've yes. seen that storyline played out, and we already know Worf's tropes, right? So they took a turn and they made him super complimentary of yeah. Worf. It's awkward. It doesn't make yeah. sense because Worf wouldn't like that. Worf would <laughs> Worf, want yeah. to be disciplined yeah. like everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> But we learn that Kern is is testing him, right? He's trying to find out how soft he is or how Klingon he is, I guess Mm. I should say. Or maybe there's some part of, well, we haven't mentioned the big twist yet, but maybe there's some part of the familial relationship that makes him not want to be hard on him. Or maybe it's quite the opposite for Klingons. One of the thoughts that I had had was that Worf was just doing his job so well that there was no critique. Like, he was doing it at a Klingon level, and no Mm. one else was. Yeah, but Mm. Kern wouldn't give anyone else a flowery compliment just for doing things right. Yeah, Right, he's threatening to kill most of the other officers at different points (laughs) in the first act. Yes, if this were a Klingon ship, you'd be dead. No, at dinner, he 100% did. But he wouldn't kill them at dinner. Well, it's not just dinner, everybody. It's a feast because they have fancy goblets, and they made a whole turkey, uh, which he critiques as a dead bird, which they all admit. Yeah, it's it's been replicated. It's a good point that he's like, what did he say? He's like, I haven't killed anyone at the dinner table or something like that. It looks like it's been left out in the sun for a while. You know we cook our food. He's like, ugh. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what Jordy says. And yeah. then Picard is like, well, if you like raw delicacies, I've mm. been saving up real caviar, not even replicated. And he, like, grabs a fistful of it and says it's gross and then is mm. like, oh, thank you. Because he well, honors, he sees how important it is to Picard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he also just, like, slaps it down on the, yeah. the leg of turkey meat. <laughs> <laughs> And Data even goes into explaining that, like, oh, it's like the eggs of a fish. And Picard stops him as if it was going to gross him out. It was like, yeah, no, Picard, right? let him say the thing. Yeah. It's going to make it more appetizing for him. That's let true. Him give all the juicy details. Yeah. Whatever repels Becca will definitely work for Kern. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys tried caviar? Yes, mm. I love caviar. No, I don't think I actually have had caviar. 
Mm, I love it's little fish eggies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's seafood. It's too bland for Klingon taste. Which is funny because it's salty. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I guess yeah. he needs it to be saltier. Mm. Blood? Well, I, I think know. that's the the insult, right? Kind of thing. But then they're eating turkey, like which is the driest and most boring of the bird meats, right? Yeah, turkey terrible. That's I bet you anything. It's because that's what props could get on the day. Right. And they're like, we need a leg so? of meat. What kind well, of meat? I don't it, know. They get the turkey leg from the Renaissance Fair. Big and feasty and celebratory. But yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time, it should never be eaten. It's a terrible thing to eat. No <laughs> one should ever do it. Why well, if you had a replicator? Hold on. <laughs> if you had a replicator and you could make anything, you'd make Turkey? That is true. On the priority level, make? turkey would be. Hold lower. on. What's the alternative then, Becca? What would be the the thing that you would present to a Klingon as uh, oh. the delicacy of humans? That's a good question. Turducken wrapped in bacon. Okay. Just all of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> pizza. Pizza. Always pizza for every call. meal. I think that sushi would have been the best call. Mm, it's raw. Yeah, raw. And mm-hmm. meat. Yeah. And he can put wasabi on it and really go to town Spice on whatever, yeah, whatever he. He's needs. into Klingons are into raw gaminess, so right. like a liver that is just barely <laughs> seared. Oh, you could have pate. Yeah, pate. Yeah, all the things that I will never eat. I do not oh, like. Oh, pate is good. Uh, I I can't do too experimental of foods, uh, just, uh, especially oh, meat, good meaty liver foods. And onions. Boy, Xander, I, I think know. we need a cultural exchange for food on this podcast. I, I would you love need that. To teach us your ways. Cool, good yeah. try. I will puke on your fancy artisan <laughs> meal. Give hey, me that's pizza. Content. That's all we oh need. Oh my goodness! When I was it, when we could travel, I was going to France and going to a restaurant there. You get amazing French food because it's just food there. Um, but <laughs> they brought out in France. French food is just called just food. food. <laughs> uh, but they brought out these roasted uh, duck hearts, and they were incredible. They were like little tiny, like fillet steaks that were just duck so good. hearts. Yeah, and I'd never felt more like a Klingon, just like yeah. stabbing duck hearts at the table. Well, any I heart can't. beside an I artichoke can't. heart feels like. <laughs> oh, I'll do artichoke. I'm- I'm not a meat and potatoes girl. I love all the vegetables, but because mm. I was vegetarian for 10 years, I think uh, in my formative years, I just didn't acquire a taste for anything that feels too meaty. If there isn't a Morningstar yeah. imitation product of it, <laughs> I Boy. can't do it. Yeah, if a thing is an organ, I'm not sure I'm going to eat it. Like the yeah. heart feels, what was that like? Was it tender? Yes, especially because the way that it was prepared, it mm-hmm. was glorious and amazing. And it, uh, I, I don't agree with the practice of creating foie gras, but boy, is it delicious. Well, those ducks were all criminals anyway, right? They were. They deserved yeah. whatever happened right. to them. To That's true. Mm. Uh, no, but some of the, the more adventurous stuff, like I love trying food. I will try anything once. Uh, when I was living in Japan, we were visiting a friend of mine in Kumamoto, and one of the delicacies there is a type of sashimi, just the raw meat, uh, called basashi, which is actually raw horse meat. And so it was something definitely to try. It was not great. I did not care for it, but it was different. Man, <laughs> horse. Yeah, I would okay. eat raw human meat, and that's uh, where I draw I the line on either that. side of it. Okay, but what part of the human? Like um, cheap- uh, it would have to be fueled by like revenge. Um, that would not, that not would need or survival. Revenge <laughs> is your priority. <laughs> yes, 
Okay, good. I'm glad the one contingency you planned for is vengeance. <laughs> cannibalism. Yeah, what yeah. will push you into cannibalism is the, um, the hate in your heart. Frustration. Uh, political differences. <laughs> all right, listeners, that's a warning. That's all that anyway, back to the episode. Yeah. Really this is what happens when I minimize the camera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything now we can know. happen. <laughs> the thing is, is Becca, you're right. This does feel like two episodes because mm. it kind of actually is. The story began life as two different scripts. This is according to uh, Memory Alpha. Mm. Uh, one where Worf's father was accused of treason and another one where Worf's brother came on the Enterprise. Those aren't even oh. <laughs> the two yeah. disparate ones. <laughs> well, right. Well, then there well, was a third yeah. script that came up with on the day. Which you're referring program. to the exchange program. I mean, th- honestly, that's really just the first five minutes of this episode. It's the really. excuse for him to be there. Yeah, it's really setting up his presence and his authority, right? And also the dichotomy that when he becomes his, um, when he becomes Chadish, worth, Chadish, thank you, uh, that he is subservient to him, which is a flip from where he was, right? Right. So they combined it into into one script, which is, I think, a great idea. Mm-hmm. And actually, I kind of like that there's different elements of this story instead of us just writing this honor thing the whole time it kind of made everything a little bit more dramatic and it gave us multiple reveals which Mm -hmm. was fun i am delighted when i am surprised you know because like you said they are playing with the audience now Mm -hmm. they know what we are gonna think when we when they show us something and if they can surprise me ooh, what a delight (laughs) honestly maybe one of the biggest surprises i've ever felt watching the show of a twist that i didn't see coming or that didn't feel predictable i mean it does in the context of the whole episode and how how they go in front of the klingon council having to defend his father's honor but i was so surprised when he says big brother and it was a legit like dun 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 zoom in and everything it was great (laughs) and it only was revealed when Worf comes to confront him one-on-one and say hey seems like can I can I t- speak out of turn? Seems like you have beef with me. Can we talk about it? And then as soon as Worf shows the impulse to fight, that's when he's mm-hmm. like, "There's my brother." Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Becca, when I watched it that moment, the table. Yeah. When I watched that moment, I literally like turned as if you were there, and I wanted to know what your reaction was. <laughs> but you were not physically with me. I had that impulse. I'm like, I want to know what Becca thought as soon as she, the brother line. That's came. so sweet. You know, I didn't think about this in context, but really subliminally, it was working on me because uh, I just called each of my sisters and talked to them for like 30 minutes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Call your family. Yeah, yeah, and Lisa, you're way behind on listening to this podcast. Oh. When she hears this in 2023, she's going to be so upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the thing is, is like that whole reveal happens at the end of Act One, so like right. we still got a whole lot of story to get through. Yeah, yeah. We learned that War's father, who died uh, at Kittimer, uh, yeah. turns out is being accused of treason. And at this point of the story, we actually don't know the specifics of it yet. We're just told that you know the sins of the father weigh on the son, right? So Worf goes to Picard and says, "I have to go and address this, and uh, I want your permission to do so." Our whole legal system is completely fucked. Uh, <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> it's real bullshit. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I do something, and then all of my children and my children's children—they're gonna. Pay mm-hmm. the price. He says mm-hmm. something like seven generations. Or seven something like generations. That. Yeah, that yeah. is what he said. Uh, there's also a moment here where we learn the interesting part of why Worf didn't know he had a brother that uh, 
Kern was one year old when the parents and Worf left for the Kittimer outpost, which the father may have had some information that there was going to be a traitor there because supposedly, we find out much later, his father was following a hunch of a traitor to the Kittimer outpost. Mm -hmm. But they never returned, which is super shady. How come nobody ever told this kid that his brother was still alive? I mean, Because of the house Duras. Because of house Duras. (laughs) Damn you, Duras. The true traitors. Yeah. Well, one thing that I was surprised they didn't really bring up at all was that this incident at Kittimer creates the Kittimer Accords, which is the peace treaty between the Federation and the Klingons. So this is really like the hinging historical moment that, uh, yeah, and we've we've brought this up before with um, time travel, time travel, and like alternate dimensions and stuff like that, but. Um, uh, because yeah. of the episode where um, Guinan the was other... the only one that knew that the, mm-hmm. because the Kittimer, well, well, oh, the Federation ship never made it there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Was that the Kittimer outpost they were defending? I didn't yes. remember that part of it. Yeah, the, Yesterday's Enterprise was the name of that exactly. episode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so this crea- this it leads to the Kittimer Accords, which right. is the peace treaty. Pretty sweet tie-in. I mm-hmm. also really liked the scene where Worf asked Picard for permission and there's this really slow push in on both of them at different points when when Worf is explaining how this works for him and that you know it's important to him to speak for his family and address uh, their identity in front of the Mm -hmm. council and when he asks Picard if you know he can go and Picard says no because you represent or does he does he say no not he without says, me. Not without me, that. right? right. Yeah. yeah, he's like, do I have your permission to go by myself or something like that? He words it in yeah. a way that Picard can say no, but yes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I loved that moment, which is like, uh, you, you know, you are a member of the ship, and so you're representing us, and I could think that you would want someone there by your side. Yeah, the captain by your side. Ugh, also, so I need to be there to pull the ripcord in case you yeah. do something stupid, <laughs> like you to sacrifice yeah. yourself, and I need to say, sorry, nope. not doing that Don't today. Don't do it. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, so what's stupid, either if it was Worf's dad or some other person who was a traitor and got m- killed in the Kittimer massacre, but uh, was also the one who gave the information to the Romulans. It's mm, stupid either way. Why would you get yourself you mean- kid, killed? I mean, just to be accused of like, wait, I'm sorry, I'm guilty of killing myself? <laughs> he was he was a traitor because he helped the attack happen, but he died he gave in the, the attack. Romulans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the accusation is. the The whole thing too with like the sins of the father. That's I mean that's a human culture thing. That's this is a this is a critique on on honor, right? Because ancestral sin, that's in all, a lot of cultures. Uh, ours and then included. They even go further than that. And then, what does your honor even mean if it's fake and for right. if it's performative? Right. So yeah, I mean, honor as a concept is really what really what drives the Klingons, and so they're so it's it's so important a currency in their culture that like these kind of crazy things happen. So we've called a, a, a man who wasn't even like who survived and wasn't involved in it at all there to answer for the crimes of someone else. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. It was bullshit, which we find out. Oh yeah, yeah well, very true. Yeah. So we get to the we get to the home planet of the Klingons. What's it called? Kronos. 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 Thank you. Oh uh, well, before that, the sons of Moog got a chat about Chadish. Right. And the procedure. Oh, yeah. Chadish. Yeah. Which uh, Worf's like, I know you don't have to tell me. Yes, but he's telling the audience, <laughs> right, right? So right. you can keep talking. <laughs> you can keep going. <laughs> and uh, I liked that moment where Worf lays out the chain of command that 
On this ship, you are posing as my commander. Therefore, I will respect your chain of command. But in council chambers, you are my Chadish, and you want to listen to me! Cool. This is, that's all foreshadowing for when he gets to snap back at Picard. Yeah. Which is like a long time Shut coming. up, Chadish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's been waiting for that for a while. Right. Then we, yeah, then we go down to the planet. Get in there. Oh, yeah. can we talk about the sweet cityscape? Oh, yeah. That it, the painting, that matte painting. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I was going to, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad they brought, they brought it up. Yeah, look at yeah. that matte painting. And there's so like animation good. and like yeah. flashing thunder and lightning in the background. All the buildings are these stone structures that have three tiers and look like cakes. And I'll have pink, pink or backlighting. Pagoda style, yeah. Yeah, pagodas, yeah. So, so the Klingon symbol, it's like kind yes. of an inversion of the Federation symbol. It's a wavy triangle with the oh. point going up. Yeah, the chevron, but it's like tilted. I yeah, it's triangular in a way, or starish a little bit. Yeah, I guess I never put that together either. I see that. Mm. Yeah. You just need an outsider coming in with fresh eyeballs. It's well, I mean, it's I admittedly so never true. saw any of these buildings as cake either, but I get it. That's uh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> If it has three tiers, it's cake to me. <laughs> I'll eat it. I'll eat it all. I love cake. So Worf and Kern, along with actually Picard and Riker, uh, yeah. show up to the council and they face the accusations. And I am... Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise, and I yeah. will yell because it seems like that's what we do here. Well, also, the whole sound was rough in there because the mm -hmm. ADR was terrible, especially <laughs> Worf's first couple of lines, like, barely lined up. I was oh. like, what are you doing? Must be by the Burbank airport. I bet they had... <laughs> it was probably a huge echo. I bet, uh, I bet that, because those ceilings were really tall, I bet it yeah. was, a, like, that soundstage was really echoey or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, the good point about Picard, though, is like, yeah, he's yelling a lot. So I was like, from an acting standpoint, if you have more power when you don't yell. Mm. Right. But mm. this is also Picard in a different culture. And it feels like he has to exert his stature in some way. Right. And yeah, I guess it, that's it. Especially because you assume that with the universal translator going that Picard is actually speaking Klingon. And so right. he's giving oh, that emphasis type really of thing. because Be they were speaking klingon at certain points in this episode and i was like huh the, the weird choice that they didn't explain because they're speaking english or whatever you call english yeah the common or whatever common tongue yeah <laughs> uh, the, yeah there's always been that uh thing like if you hear a word in another language that it was the speaker's choice there's maybe no translation for it or they're placing emphasis by like g going past the translator they're providing their own subtitled yeah yeah <laughs> interesting well, mm. I don't know that they've explained this universal translator thing yet, but I like that it's, you're giving it explanation that maybe yeah. they put on afterwards. This yeah. is like a fan theory that comes on later, right? Exactly. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't think. Yeah, no one envisioned that when they write this when they were writing this episode, which is why they pepper in Klingon and stuff like that. But like, yeah. we have to again. We, we've talked about this with like the Prime Directive people. It's like every alien speaks English. We just have to forgive yeah. the TV part of that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, speaking of the Klingon, though. With this uh, chancellor, you have the lowest energy kapla that I have ever seen. Now, when you go out to like Star Trek conventions, which we can do now, uh, a common greeting among the Klingons will be to say kapla, and kapla. you're greeting each other, and it's very rough and friendly and bright. And he just went kapla, and it was so <laughs> deadpan and like low energy. I'd never Mr. heard Kimpak. of that. Mr. Kimpak. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's probably because he's too fat. <laughs> he's too fat. We've heard it from the witness. He is yeah. multiple times. Forty <laughs> percent of her, her lines are about his weight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Duras <laughs> is this council member that is the one that originally dug up this old history and is blaming Worf's daddy mm-hmm. for being the one that killed his father at, at the big old at the big old showdown at the massacre. But Duras slaps Worf yep. and says, "You and your father are traitors because you leaked the security codes to the Romulans." That slap. Oh, it's important. It's coming back. <laughs> yeah. And then and then that's their Check whole court slap. proceeding. They're like, okay, cool. Time for Mechba. See you in a bit. Yep. Uh, <laughs> or that concludes the Mechba. Yeah. Yeah. Recess and deliberation and then reading the jury's uh, announcement is the Mechba part. Worf mm-hmm. didn't even get to speak except to say, hey, uh, I challenge that he called my father a traitor. That's not true. And yep. then. They didn't give him a, a speechy time. I mean, he'll get it later, but it doesn't seem to be part of their, their justice system. It's a bit of a show trial, right? It's like, mm-hmm. not, I mean, not all justice systems are equal, too, and I really doubt the Klingons are, have a great justice system, considering, right. like, they generally in their chain of command, if someone offers them a suggestion, the officer has permission to kill them. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure yeah. how often everybody gets their say and their defense. Remind me, because I don't remember if this is just from my own rewatches or if we've had this. Have we seen the Klingon lawyer episode already? Where the no, no. Okay, then never mind. We will see that eventually. I just love the idea Uh-oh. that it's like an '80s sitcom, but in in yeah. New York, but played by a Klingon who's just trying oh, to live yeah. a normal life. Klingon <laughs> lawyer. True. Yeah, that that was the I spin-off wait show for this they episode. Yes. missed an opportunity so with. Something to look forward to. Also, this is just the first of uh, several mentions of House Duras. This will not be the end. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. Well, this this, bitch gotta this get whole thing sets up a continuity, actually, and a storyline. And, and I mean, as we learned as we get through the episode, this this kind of changes Worf's identity a little bit, right? Yeah. And his relation to the Klingon Empire. Right. right. So the producers said that uh, they made a big decision with the way the show ended, which as we talked about, like there were so many twists mm-hmm. and it came up again, which is that Worf is accused of this. And it turns out there was another survivor of the Kittimer massacre and it was his uh, nurse. Maybe? Nanny. Yeah. yeah, his nanny, right? Mm-hmm. And Yeah, sure. And she, yeah. And uh, Picard finds her in the old city. And gets uh, tries to convince her to come with him to speak on Worf's family's behalf, Moog's yes. behalf. I, I guess. am dead, a long yeah. time dead. So yeah. we find out not only was his brother, but also the nursemaid were under like the witness protection program and have reinvented themselves as new people mm-hmm. to move on. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the family, like this is new information though, that there was a traitor in the first place based on recovering a Romulan ship. Yeah, so that's true. at the time there, that's kind of a plot hole that it was unexplained why Worf was never notified or never you know, went to find out what happened to his little brother and his nurse. Also, it was weird that she knew that Picard was a Chadish, but knew none of the details about the trial that he was a Chadish for. So right? I feel like she, I feel like she kind of did, but they just didn't go into it. I feel like it's kind of like on the front page of the that... of the Chronos Chronicle. <laughs> like I, mean, yeah, I feel like yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. knows like, about it, right? If you see a human captain walking around, he's the Chadish. Uh, he's bald, yeah. draws a weapon very slowly. So if you sneak up on him, just give him a chance. Look at his little smooth <laughs> head with no ridges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
so Picard was warned. Well, there's a there's a lot that we skipped over. I, I know, mean, Kern gets to, stabbed. There's a lot in this episode. Well, that, there really is. As I'm looking through it, I'm like, I can't summarize this. There's there's so many interesting things. And even as Becca pointed out, like we did a whole investigation of the logs to find out. Oh yeah, there yeah. was a traitor in the first place. Yeah, and it looks like it was Moog because they used his uh, security code to transmit the data. And Duras has a bunch of like assassins that R- just right. go around like attacking people. Okay, yeah, we even <laughs> skipped the fact that like Picard is the Chadish after Durasky or after I don't know uh, what is, is we you're referring to uh but yeah I'll allow it <laughs> sorry <laughs> I was trying to talk about uh the well the first Kim Peck is the yes. old wise councilman that was super calm and chill and didn't make any sense for a Klingon to even behave this way but sure okay I guess <laughs> there can be different well, different ways yeah. that Klingons behave sure exactly but he tells Worf to run away and that's how yeah. Worf knows something is weird mm. like oh okay you thought because I'm in the Federation I wasn't going to come down and defend my father so there's some shady shit going on here and Duras is in on it and councilman uh, Kim Peck is in it on it uh-uh uh-uh <laughs> Worf is getting to the bottom of it and you know Picard is gonna go back to the ship and demand that Data and Jordy and Beverly are all <laughs> split up finding facts get yeah. those facts well and this really warms you up to Kempak in a way that's like okay he's trying to look out for Worf but it also plants this like red herring of like he seems guilty now like what is he trying to hide is he the traitor or what's going on I don't think it directly pointed to Duras as being the the one but there not was something all. yeah yeah it definitely shows there's intrigue going on right it's yeah. not as simple as it seems which is so great this episode is constantly doing that he's equally as guilty as Duras Duras is not exactly. responsible for his father's crimes but he is responsible for covering them up just as much as Kim Peck is so Kim Peck yeah. and Duras both deserve a slap on the face <laughs> Exactly. Maybe a backhand. Becca approved <laughs> slap on the face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Becca approved backhand. Yeah. Kempek's motivation seemed more out of like the bureaucracy of it. Like he just didn't want the system to crumble and fall apart and right. thought this would be an easy fix that didn't involve anyone and thought no one would get hurt. Well, and he's kind of right, except for, you know, Worf being hurt, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't care about some about Federation noodle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the needs of the many versus the needs of one. There you I go. Guess. If but only they had that written on their banners. Yeah. Machiavelli I don't know. And Star Trek. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think that for me, those things are distinguishable as one being more honorable than the other. I think Duras and Kimpak both suck, hmm. and he's still fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that we, when you distill these uh, sort of tropes of these alien species down, like Vulcans are logical and Klingons are aggressive and have honor, then the ultimate thing is, from a human perspective, questioning what does that mean? Okay, you value logic. How does that right. apply and how are humans better? Okay, Klingons, you value honor, but how does that apply to me and my being a human and how is our way of life better? And it's a sort of weird way to prove it. And those those aspects that you just mentioned of the species are also, you know, generalizations and stereotypes yeah. of those cultures. They are rooted in truth because, you know, Vulcans do value logic. Right. But as right. Becca mentioned of like, oh, this guy's not acting like a standard Klingon. It's great that yes. they have that variety. Like they don't all address honor the same way. And like 
at the end of the episode, I was like, these guys are making a very honorable call. They should smack mm. Duras down because he, it doesn't matter how powerful his house is. He brought dishonor to the Empire with what he did. But politics outweighs it, I guess, you know? Yeah. You don't know how much of the the structure of the civilization is under Duras. And mm-hmm. then they'd have to stay under society. And you couldn't just right. exile this one person. Right. Yeah. It's too important to him to keep creating a big rift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just to expand on that point too, Jake. I, I, I know we've touched on it a bit, but that the um, the examples of the species that we would run into just happen to be either militaristic or whatever because they're crews of starships. Mm-hmm. You know, it's seldom that we go to Vulcan or we go to Kronos right. to see them in there, and it's it's great that we're exploring that. And that the writers are giving Klingons more personality than just the 2D traits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially as a leader Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, Well, something else about Klingon honor. Kern still plays, in in part two of the episode, he still plays a role uh, before being stabbed, which is he has to deal with this whole, uh, do I admit that I am also son of more or or don't mm-hmm. I because that is what Worf, Worf uh, ordered him to not do so that yeah. he could one have his honor intact to not be executed right <laughs> right what one thing that we we haven't explained in our recap is the fact that he's he he goes by a different name he's son of lore lore like Lord. but he doesn't say it very convincingly <laughs> on the day son of lore wink 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 looks at his yeah. hand to see what he wrote down for yeah yeah and it's a smudged <laughs> m um because he uh he doesn't identify as uh Worf's brother because he was orphaned and we we didn't mo- most of the Klingons didn't even know Worf had a brother right there exactly. was no survivors beyond yeah Worf. that witness protection type of thing right so his honor is Worf's honor is dad's honor is the whole family's honor if yep. uh it turns out that's a traitor so that's the choice he has to make yeah I like there's so much that goes on in this episode yeah. and I was never overwhelmed I was like no pleasantly engaged through most of it it was, it was really well that, done yeah they managed to sort of work in the rest of the crew too because this was very guest star heavy there was a ton of Klingons a ton of lines and stuff like that but because they had that beginning section we got to involve Wesley and Jordy and Data and Riker like it was a yeah, great good episode. point. And, and Crusher. Crusher, yeah, she did Crusher. a lot of the investigating too. Troy was yeah. there sometimes. <laughs> uh, she made awkward dinner conversation and, yeah, and yeah. laughed awkwardly when he said he wished he could kill Riker. Right. Um, so that there's that fun bit. That was a well, weird laugh. Like yeah, she just was, threatened. He just threatened your uh, Imzadi, and you just giggle. Uh, like a well, meme she from, thought it was uh, a joke yeah there was a meme from veep where it's julia louis dreyfus and she's just laughing and she goes ah, what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was <laughs> yeah uh yeah and and then um we mentioned that picard goes and finds the the nurse the eyewitness but and you mentioned a little about his slow draw i think yeah. this is picard's the first that i remember his first fight scene i guess he's been attacked yeah, on yeah. the bridge. On the bridge. Yeah. Like thrown. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I think this, I believe Patrick Stewart would have done his own stunts, and it looks like it. I don't <laughs> think. Oh? Th- oh, a couple of the shots were for sure, especially when he took one on the chin. 
Yeah, uh, which yeah. honestly, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but his bruise was on the other side of his face. <laughs> oh, really? Later on. He gets hit <laughs> here, and then his bruise is over here. His, he also had some rosy cheeks in this episode. They they put a lot of blush on him, which I thought was That's a fun funny. contrast on the dark lighting well, of the, the Klingon worlds. They were saying, oh, because Kronos is supposed to be super hot. So I wonder if that was oh, them was trying flush. to do that. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but it just okay. didn't translate. They wear a lot of hot leather for such a yeah, because it's they're Klingons. <laughs> That fight scene was brutal, too. He, like, stabs a Klingon and then almost gets himself stabbed before he is rescued, right? And yeah. that's the turning point for... By our, the old woman, Caleste. By yes. Caleste, right? That's her turning yeah. point for Caleste. Throwing a diktok. And she sees that, oh, well, I guess you do... Oh, well, like, I, what does she even say? Like, I know you're the t- child to Jeez. You're brave. Yeah, you're, brave. you're brave. That's it. That's I'm enough. impressed. <laughs> you we, came here. It was hard. You almost died. And he's like, okay, so come mm-hmm. back with me. I know. Because she didn't actually know anything, which yeah. was a clever Picard move. He always finds the solution, even when there's no solution to be found, <laughs> which was bring Celeste, this nurse eyewitness, back because, as he says, it may shake loose the truth, which it, it did, and which, which was great. Because immediately she walks in and Kim Peck goes, you would kill an old woman to cover your dishonor to Duras. And it's like, yeah. okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks, Celeste. Way You're to done hold here. your cards, team. Like, wow. Right? This crumbled instantly. Yep. Yeah. Well, not only that, we see a great acting choice from her because when she comes out, it's a different demeanor altogether. She's in like battle mode, and we see her calmly say, like, oh, this is Celeste. This is not the identity that she had assumed as this mm. fragile old woman that doesn't know anything. Like, once she sees that his life is in danger and he's put his life on the line, she's like, okay. And you see this sort of honor. Like, oh, that's what honor is. She must have had such a sad life. I mean, why was she living, claiming to be a dead person for so long? Oh, so no. sad, for 20 years. She, that was her identity. You know, she didn't want to... Yeah, she was just trying to be a, a meek little uh, normal citizen to not yeah. to blend in so as not to draw Boo. attention. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste the warrior queen. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll see continuing Turns adventures out. of Celeste, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On Klingon lawyer. <laughs> So as you mentioned, yes, the the jig is kind of up. We 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 scoot the council away. We go to the private quarters where all is suddenly revealed, and mm. like Picard makes the point to uh, the Klingons, he's like, y- "You have to let Worf off of this charge because you now know the truth, and it's been admitted. You admitted it, and then it's revealed that oh well, the Empire, the Council might crumble if this very powerful house is shown to have been traitors." Yeah. And so we're left with this new dilemma. Like, with five minutes left in the episode, we yeah. think we've got it resolved. It's like, no, we're not escape hatching out of this and just proving him wrong and, and another episode of Klingon Lawyer is done. Like, it's not yeah. going to be that clean. <laughs> we're going to change yeah. things. And so Worf makes this choice to, like, okay, I will take this guilt sentence, but I'm not going to accept death, but I'll accept something comparable. Discommodation. So, yeah. Worse than death. It's, it's admitting guilt, but also like what? Separating yourself from Klingon society? What does this mean? Right. Being yeah. exiled, essentially. Okay. But not before turning to Duras and saying, you are the son of a traitor. Backhand. Black. The yeah. moment we were all waiting for. Okay, so I'm ready now. Satisfying. Yeah. Um, but I like Jake, you had said earlier that the writers had smushed these episodes together and they just didn't know how to end it. But then the choreographer was like, I have an idea. <laughs> 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 
you haven't used me for three seasons, but please yeah. just give me a spin and a hand movement, and I'll show From you each of them how worthwhile my position is. Man, solid hand movement though. Yeah, you know, uh, especially when Kern does it so reluctantly. Mm. Really yeah, changed. Has meaning. Yeah, there's intention behind the motion. Such intention. Mm-hmm. So Worf is, I guess, uh, danced at. Dance dad. <laughs> he loses the dance battle. And yeah. he is, I guess he won't identify as Klingon in the same way. But uh, right. we'll see what that means in future episodes. And we actually will. This, this will get readdressed in some ways, I know, in the future. Yes. And these characters will come back. And we will see more of the Klingon Empire in this way. I loved this episode. They mm-hmm. did so much so quickly without it being too much. Too yes. quickly. Yeah, well, who's going to be my Chidish? Ooh. <laughs> Picard's line too, by the way, when 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 Worf's like, "Hey, don't go out there," and Picard goes, "Hey, I'm your tradition," and he said, "Hey,", hey. that was so and it was weird. so soft. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, hey, I got your back, baby. Right? <laughs> yes, love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what does a Jadich even do? I mean, I know we're at the end it's of the just, episode, but yeah. like, it's like, like your second, it's, it's your, your champion. Second. Yeah, yeah. But, if, um, yeah, if you like bust your ankle right before the duel, you tap mm-hmm. them in and then they fight for you. Yeah, also but kind of lawyer this is either execution Paralegal. or no execution. Yeah. So Paralegal. the Jadish is just like, Hey, what's up? I'm just gonna be here and hold a weapon. No big deal. <laughs> Klingon Don't lawyer, and then the the spinoff is bald paralegal. <laughs> Smooth head paralegal. Smooth head paralegal. There it is. That's it. Coming this fall to CBS. <laughs> oh man, I would watch that. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for next week's episode, which is Allegiance, where Captain Picard and three others are abducted and imprisoned by an unknown force and replaced by. Duplicates. We <gasps> <gasps> got a body snatcher. Is it Q? It's probably Q. <laughs> uh, we'll knows? find out next week, and let's uh, let's head there. How Kern would have us end there? <laughs> Exterminate. Exterminate. <laughs> oh, it's execute. That's the <laughs> Exterminate those orders. <laughs> <laughs>